0: We'll have a little chat, and it's you know, if you can, whatever you remember is fine. And if you can't remember everything, don't worry; it's all good.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll do what we can. We can
0: exactly right. Um, Frank, thank you for taking the time for a chat. It's lovely to speak to you.
1: Well, uh, it's a pleasure to speak to, to you,
0: Frank. Um, tell me, you came to Richmond from? Was it Minyip?
1: Yes, was. What was Minyip Frank, like? Minyip was very. In 1950, Richmond, uh, was. Wool was a pound, a pound, and grain was a big price, and farming was something that was, you know, very, very profitable. It hasn't done it since, <laughs> but at that stage, it was running on a high.
0: Now, you were working on a farm, were you, Frank?
1: Yes, well, we had a farm. Uh... And we, there were three brothers, I was the youngest, and the three of us ran the farm with our mother, our mother, our father died when I was five, so, uh, you know, my mother mm. did a good job and her eldest brother took over.
0: What was on the farm? Um, Frank, was it, was it wheat?
1: Yes, wheat, oats, barley, sheep. Sheep were very... We always had a good sheep flock.
0: And how big was the farm? Oh, uh,
1: we were over 2,000 acres.
0: That's a lot of acres, Frank.
1: In those days, yes, yeah. but now it's, it's small.
0: And so what was your... Job on the farm I'm guessing it was many things What was the main things that you were doing as a Teenager on the farm
1: Well you worked with the seasons uh, You know cropping time You sowed the crop And that took Your time you always had to look after the sheep mm. So you They would Demand a, a day or two A week uh, But uh, You'd crop, and then you didn't spray in those days, so
0: right.
1: we had healthier grain, and then uh, when it came to harvest time, you'd harvest and put your grain in the storage and go and have a, a holiday, and that's when I was on my holiday down in Melbourne with, I met John Nix and we... Went and played with the uh, Richmond in the early season. And uh, that's about how it all arrived.
0: Well, I looked at some newspaper articles and it said that you were the youngest member of the famous Drum family of Minyip. Was, did, did everyone know your family up there in Minyip?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: quite quite well known?
1: Yes, were, we're well known. My brother Hugh, he played for Melbourne For just a couple of games But in those days You know, farming was more You're an amateur footballer Whereas you're A professional farmer So the farming Had to be rated above the football
0: I I understand And did John, your other brother Also play?
1: Yes, he was he didn't play in the league but uh, he was a back pocket and he was quite famous there
0: now there's a a photograph that I sent to to Rebecca um, that you may have seen which is a photograph of you at Richmond um, before training and you're surrounded by a couple of people. Have you seen the photo that I sent?
1: I have, yes. Does that bring back memories, Frank? Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> Do you remember that,
1: that was, day? No, I remember. It. There was a. I was a little bit lucky. I, John Nix was my friend, and uh, he used to say, you know, come on, big fella, you wouldn't stand... You wouldn't last too long in Melbourne, and, he saw the uh, in that photo there was Maureen Fleming and then uh, the president. Look it just, just escaped me. Uh, I state. think
0: I think Kennelly was in the photo. Yeah,
1: yeah the Paddy Kennelly. Yeah. He had a, he had a stutter. and uh, anyhow they uh, he went to them and said, Look, give him a bit of a run. So in the practice matches uh they put me centre half forward and the first practice match I kicked six goals from centre half forward and uh, I was a long kick mm. that's the thing I never kicked you know none of those goals were under 60 meters and there was a different trend in those days if you're a long kick you uh, you had something to offer.
0: Yep. And I, I think you may be underselling yourself a little bit because I, s- I found in the practice match in April of 1950, you actually kicked eight goals, would you believe?
1: Oh, yes, no, well, I was, I could pick a big distance and yeah. I don't want to get ego to run too far, but. <laughs> <when> <laughs> you, you can. At Minyip one day, this is when I'd come back to Minyip. Yeah. there was a very strong wind and the umpire bounced the ball in the centre and, you know, and it just went off and I got a free kick and I turned around, I had the wind behind me, looked a, a good, I had a good feel and I let go and kicked the goal from the centre and they come and measured it. You know, like those people standing in the stand uh, and they uh, marked where I was and they came down the next day and measured it and it was 108 yards and uh, the umpire pulled up the match and got a couple of players to shake my hand and it was a, a bit of a thing but like long kicking was something that I could do that was That was my little (laughs) bit of skill.
0: And in the Sporting Globe of 1950, in an article it says that Frank Drum is a nice mark but has an unusual action when kicking. When the average player goes back 15 to 20 yards from the mark when about to kick, Frank Drum goes back anything from 30 to 40 yards... And approaches the man on the mark with the speed of a fast bowler. He has great strength in his kicking and his high punts over a long distance. So you had a very big run up, did you?
1: Well, well, I thought it was about normal, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the way they see it. Did you, did,
0: did you approach the man on the mark with a with a lot of speed when kicking?
1: No, not really. Not really. A lot of, yeah, you know, when I was playing centre uh, forward, you'd only have four or five majors to get set. And uh, I got kicked off a short run and a long run.
0: And were you a left footer or a right footer when kicking for goal?
1: A right footer.
0: Right. So, um, uh, in the Age newspaper around about this time as well, there was a reference that Jack Dyer said that you were the best forward material he had seen since entry into the league football. Richmond were pretty impressed with you, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were. They thought... In those days, your skills were more than the thing the game now yellow you know, speed and mm. whereas in those days the Collingwood players were noted for their stab kicking. They could hit a player on the run from fifty meters and the ball would never arrived. Like they mm. they just celebrated that they would have the best stab kicks. Richmond were a strong team and They like to have the long kicks and the the good forwards and the good centre-half-backs and, you know, key-line players. That wasn't a happy thing because uh, what happened, I was down there waiting to get into hospital. I had a small operation to do on my hand. And at the height of all this, I got a place in the hospital. They didn't have a lot of beds then. It was after the war. Mm. And uh, anyhow I went there and when I come out and recuperated the cropping was on and just said look football's got to be put aside. Then when we got the crop in they were waiting and I said right now you come. Well of course they'd been going a couple of months and the full forward was set and all these mates around him. And then there's who over the country land coming and taking the full forward position. <laughs> Didn't go down well with the team or the team spirit. Yep. And uh, there was no way anybody was going to kick it to me in the forward line. So they played me in the ruck for the rest of the day and that's where I spent the rest of my football career playing ruck but I only had to play two games and then I had to a, a permit and play permanently in Melbourne and I didn't go on with it
0: it's interesting you, you you mentioned that because your first game do you remember who that was against
1: Hawthorne St Kilda yes
0: you've played what well, you've started off in sort of the forward line but they've moved you into the ruck after yes. that um, they've got Ray Polter kicked five goals that day
1: yeah. He was a good full forward for over a period.
0: He was, wasn't he? Yes. And so your second game against St Kilda was that in the ruck, or did you did they try you again at full forward?
1: No, no, they didn't try that new. <laughs> Look, there was. I, I can see that. If you bought Euro, see, it's pretty precious in those days to be a. A Richmond footballer. Like, it was uh, a tremendous honour. Yeah. And to have a have the yeah you know, the selection committee place a country land in front of a top Melbourne forward wasn't wasn't the wisest move. It didn't work. Yeah. There was no way they were going to kick it to me. So that sort of ended. Yep. And that's what I, you know, that's where my skills were.
0: Well, the, the Horsham Times newspaper did a review of your first game and it said that several times Frank Drum gave some fast leads but he was ignored.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you over my head.
0: <laughs> so it, it does, you know, your memory's pretty sharp because... The, yeah. the article indicates that they were sort of using you almost as a decoy and they ended up kicking the ball to poulter in the in the forward pocket instead
1: that, that's what happened yeah and he was the one that should have been called forward yeah and uh, I was crashing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did, did you play in the reserves as well Frank
1: no. I'm one of those that never played in reserves in their life. I went through that famous and patched team, you know, and you had to work your way up there. Well, I went from the under-15s to the seniors. I didn't didn't play in the seconds in me. I didn't play in the seconds in Richmond. Well, Just a little thing, you when you're yeah. out with a bit of ego, and the boys always just said, well... I never played second football.
0: <laughs> so you came from St. Pat's Ballarat into the Richmond senior side, is that right, or from Minyip into the senior side?
1: Yeah, from Minyip into the senior side. And,
0: and before that, you're at St. Pat's Ballarat juniors.
1: Yeah, I was captain of the team there.
0: They had some good players at that time, didn't they, Frank?
1: Well, five was mainly so. Uh, There was five players out of our team that played league football, so it was a pretty good team. Do
0: you remember the first time that Jack Dyer came and spoke to you?
1: (laughs) Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) You're laughing. I don't know why you are, but you're about to tell me.
1: (laughs) Oh, well. He was an awkward person to speak to. Now I spoke a lot to Jackie Titus. He was the full-forward coach yep. at those times and he was one of these that could really chat to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and, and bearing in mind you're a kid and mm. from the country and then a big city, uh, you've, you've got to get settled down and, uh, but Jack was so awkward, you know. Hi oh, boys. <laughs> You know, have you made it, you know, a, a one-liner?
0: <laughs> not, not very conversationalist?
1: Oh, you didn't go to conversation.
0: No. Um, now, you, you obviously had heard of Jack Dyer before you met him, I'm guessing?
1: Oh, yes. Jack he... Dyer was a big name in those days.
0: Like,
1: mm. It's like a Dusty Martin today. And Everybody knew him.
0: And uh, I think initially uh, Jack Dyer and Maury Fleming came to visit you up in Minyip. Would that be correct or not?
1: Yes, they did.
0: So they drove all the way up there to try and convince you to come to Richmond? To Richmond. Did your mother want you to come to Richmond?
1: No, not particularly. Hmm. But, but, see, my father died when, you know elders. just was six in the family and the eldest was only 13. Yeah. And I had a auntie, an unmarried auntie who come and lived and supported mum mm. in the house and what And uh, she was very outspoken and she gave them <laughs> cold tea. <laughs> she didn't give them actually cold tea, but she didn't give them any
0: welcome. Are we talking Jack Dyer and Maury Fleming?
1: Yes.
0: Wow, OK. So she, yeah, it wasn't a warm welcome for them.
1: Not a warm welcome. <laughs> she was, I suppose she was better. Look, I overdone it, But <laughs> she was cold.
0: Yes. Well, you. how old would you have been at this stage? You were probably only, what, 16 or 17 or so? Well,
1: 1950, I would have been...
0: About uh, 18, Coming
1: up 21.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your date of birth, Frank?
1: Third of the first 31. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, nearly
0: 20 or, or so, yeah. Yeah. yeah nearly, I thought I was 20, but I was 21 yeah. obviously. And uh, Minyip to Richmond's quite a long distance. So I'm interested to know, did you did they keep you down in Richmond during this time or not?
1: Yes, I will. Look, in those days travel was... Was big like you. You only had one car in the family, and you couldn't go by car, so you just go by train. It was a long, yeah, it was a pretty long day to go from Melbourne to Min- to Minier. So, plenty of stops on the way, and so sort a business.
0: So on the on the day of the game. Did you come down by train?
1: Oh, I came down by train, you know, a couple of days before.
0: Right, okay. And where, where did you stay in Richmond?
1: We had this great supportive family um, that always supported young recruits.
0: All right. yes. For Richmond.
1: Uh,
0: and they lived in Richmond? I
1: know as well. John Nix staying there and that's how I come to be a good friend of his
0: and this was in and this and they lived in Richmond I'm guessing
1: Yeah, Belmont Street, Richmond.
0: Oh, you still remember the street. How lovely.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> I worked from there for a while.
0: What did uh, w- when you were down in Richmond in 1950, did they give you any other employment or at all or not?
1: Well, they offered me a job of in the wool stores and I was In those days you if you made the team you got paid £7, £3.50 went into your pocket to have a good time with and £3.50 was invested and then when you gave a football you took the proceeds of the investment and let your buyer stake in a house or something like that. It was a very sensible well
0: thought-out plan. Hmm. And in Melbourne, were you were you studying wool classing at the time?
1: No, no. Well, or was there a? I I was a wool classer. Uh. You know, and I trained when I was at school and had my certificate, but the. Uh, They thought that fitted me and they could get a job in a wool store and and that was £7.50 a week too. Wow. I could go, you know, a sheep that died in the paddock, I could go and get the wool and throw it over the fence and pick it up a week later and take it into the wool store and get... Something like seventy or eighty pounds for it. So making money in the city was hard work compared with the country.
0: And was was what was the actual business name that you worked for, do you remember?
1: In Melbourne it was Australian Mercantile, Land and Finance.
0: Okay, right. And what um, what So a wool classer, um, do they sort of like um, examine the the wool, do they, and grade it? Is that what happens?
1: That's what you do. You're a wool classer and then presses in lots. Right. And then it gets auctioned.
0: In, In the two games that you played, the first game was at Glenferry Oval against Hawthorne.
1: Yes, a very wet day.
0: And a very odd-shaped ground, because there was a train that ran past, I think.
1: Oh, it was it was strange for me, because the mud stuck to the football. You know, I never had that. Usually when it was a wet day, the water was enough to wash the football. Yep. Footballs used to get heavy in those days. Right. You can change them like you do now and all that, but... So uh, you had a heavy ball, yep. you had mud on it. <laughs> and when I went to do my famous kicks, they just, the timing wasn't there.
0: Well, that's understandable because it's so muddy.
1: Oh, yeah, like it was, nothing went my way really on that first day.
0: Well, the next where week, it, it, sorry, after you.
1: where it did, but St Kildreth played better.
0: And that was at Punt Road. What was the Punt Road ground like?
1: Oh, (laughs) we always trained at Punt Road. It was a a famous ground. You played your football there. If you're a footballer and you're in Richmond, if you made the football team, you were very popular. Like, if you went down the street or anywhere, people knew you. Oh, really? Oh yes, it gave you people, the two loyal teams in those days were the working class and they were Collingwood and Richmond and boy were they loyal. And if you were a potential footballer for them they would make quite, you know, quite an issue of meeting you.
0: So people would still recognise you even though you were just the the new kid and the youngster?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. The papers had a bit and that sort of added to the knowledge.
0: Who coached Richmond in those two games for you, Frank?
1: Jack Dyer did.
0: So he had retired the year before.
1: He was a playing coach the year before. Yeah. And when I went there, he retired as a player and became a non-playing coach. One of the first non-playing coaches.
0: And do you remember who was captain at all?
1: Oh, yes, I do. Bill Morris.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: He was a brown low medalist. He was the most magnificent footballer you ever saw. He was just a total gentleman.
0: Well, he had the ability, they say, to sort of glide through the air as well.
1: Yeah, he was only about a six foot one, which in those days was not big. And uh, he would just glide on top of the packs. He could hit out, he could mark, he could He was. <laughs> he, was uh, he was a. He was an absolute. always. The recruits, he would go around and talk to you and.
0: Yeah, isn't that lovely? Warn you
1: about, warn you about the problems of drink and.
0: Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Oh,
1: yeah. Never smoked or any of those things, keep your health right up. But he has a terrible ending, so I
0: don't want to go. I understand, yeah, I understand. Out of interest, Frank, did, were you a, a drinker or a smoker during your time? No, never. Okay.
1: Neither. Oh, well... Well, I'm... A, yeah, I'm I not. got married at 25, and my wife used to take a drink, so <laughs> I celebrated with her, so... That's But okay. I would... I still... Like, I have a wine now. Yeah, that's I just, okay. I never drank beer. It was... Never... Never did anything for me.
0: Did your... Uh, mother get to watch you play for Richmond in those two games, or was she back? No, no. Uh, they wouldn't have, She wouldn't have been able to come down.
1: She wouldn't have been able to. Oh. The farm was a pretty tight ship, and yeah, she stayed aboard all the time.
0: And you you had to make a decision, in a sense, didn't you? Whether to keep playing for Richmond or to go back to the farm. Was it a tough decision or not?
1: Oh, yes. And, you know, you got that photo of uh, Maury Fleming and... Mm,
0: uh, and Kennelly. And, yeah.
1: Eddie Kennelly and Jack Dyer and those. I would have had several intense meetings with them about, you know, I'll well, only get one chance. Right, yeah. And, boy, they put it strong.
0: Did they? Right, so they were—they were really trying to um, push home the fact that you know this could be your only chance here at Richmond.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so do you, but do you? And you
1: got a and then you got a pair of boots and you have got a jumper and you would relish that for life and <laughs> all those things are right. It was great to be a Richmond footballer.
0: Is there a sense of of sadness or regret, Frank, that you didn't keep going with Richmond, or not?
1: No, no, no regrets whatsoever.
0: Right, yeah. Well, that's great to hear, isn't it, then? That's good.
1: I'm hiding something. There was a delightful girl back at and There was no way that I was going to separate myself (laughs) with two hundred. You know, make a Melbourne man out to myself when everything was so stable at menu.
0: All oh, right. So not only was there a farm to go to, but there's you also had a lovely lady as well.
1: Yes, who I married. And
0: oh, isn't that lovely?
1: lovely children.
0: I like that. But, but that was a good secret to have there, Frank. That's a good reason to, to go back to the country.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, Absolutely.
0: There was a couple of players that you played with I just want to touch on quickly, if you don't mind. Um, I, I I want to know, do you have any memories of Roy Wright? Because he sort of was quite young then as well.
1: Yes, no, Roy was the up-and-coming ruckman. Um, Bill Morris was the best ruckman in Melbourne. He was yeah. there. But Roy was... Good candidate, and he took over when uh, you know when his time came.
0: He was he was a tremendous player for many years.
1: He was he was absolutely, a, and he was the typical. In those days, they looked a lot at the family and the team and the, and the collegiate and all yeah. that that goes with a man and. All oh, right. Roy, Roy ticked all those boxes.
0: All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. There was also a player called Billy Wilson. Yes. And he a was. Rover. And he was a very fine rover as well.
1: He was. Uh, they were. Well, Richmond had a great team then. It was a pretty lucky break to be there with them. Don't remember Jackie.
0: Uh, we can't forget Don Fraser.
1: Mopsy Fraser. If you said you played with Richmond, who do you remember first? I'd say Mopsy Fraser. <laughs> because he was a little bit of a larrikin. A little bit. But, <laughs> but he was centre-half-back. He was powerful. Yeah. And like, sadly, nobody does the drop kick now. Right. But from the centre-half back, he could drop that ball on my chest The centre-half forward, and all I had to do was just put my arms around the ball. He was just so... such a brilliant kick, and he could nail you right. And a lot of the glory I got was... Lily isn't
0: that isn't that a great memory to have, Frank? What a great memory well, it to
1: have! Is. It certainly is.
0: I've seen some footage of him doing the drop kicks, and he did look like a very powerful man.
1: He was strong, he was powerful, and he was accurate, and and he could win games.
0: I never asked Frank who you barracked for before you came to Richmond.
1: I was always a Richmond man. I don't know oh, why. Right. Yep. There was something there right through. Mm. See, when I was at school, and I was captain of St. Pat's, they all introduced themselves to me. Then I, I knew the Richmond family. In my last years of secondary school,
0: and one of the teachers there at, at St. Pat's College, I think, was called Brother Healy. Is that right?
1: Brother Healy was the principal, Brother O'Malley was the coach.
0: Of the football team? Yeah. Okay, right, okay.
1: Brother O'Malley was the greatest coach. Not not any coach ever come near him. Wow. If Brother O'Malley was coach of a modern team, if you missed a chest mark, hmm. you were out. It didn't matter. And I was one day it was snowing, wet, and we had a new ground that was wet, you slide underneath. And I was captain of the team, and I was going for this mark, and feet went from under in me, and ball went hit my chest and went over my head, and you uh, went in the team next week. Oh wow. But then somebody got injured late, and there was a little bit of alteration, and the knife was recalled. So it all—that's that's, but... that's the, the you know when you had to kick to where your discipline was, where where you kicked to the full forward. Hmm. the full forwards in those days used to kick 20 only 20 minute quarters to put boys football no time on and uh, we they'd always kick 20 hot goals and then of course the brown lumini John James come along and he kicked 35 in one match (laughs) seems unbelievable you work out how many minutes that's reply. There is. Gosh, it's just quite astounding.
0: Um, Frank, Howe, Just a couple of last questions. How tall were you when you played?
1: I oh, was six foot two in those days. That's so six foot two inches. So uh, just a shade above that, actually.
0: And your playing weight? Do you remember what? What about fourteen stone?
1: Well, I was a hundred and But playing weight and the weight on that now are both the same.
0: Well, it's it's an absolute thrill to be talking to you about these memories, and I know a lot of Richmond supporters would like to say thank you for coming down and playing those two games with us. And we understand how difficult the decision must have been to go back home to the farm, but in the end, it was probably the right decision. And the fact that you don't have any regrets, I think, is lovely as well.
1: It is. It's just like it would have been a totally different life. I'm not sure I want it. I was made for the city. I enjoyed it most times. I was like all young people. But uh, the country's got something about it.
0: And do you still barrack for Richmond, Frank, and watch the games?
1: Oh, yes, I still I watch... Tonight I'll be barraging for them, and I couldn't believe of getting up and win that first grand final. But I'm—they uh, <laughs> must be better than I believe.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, did you you watch the premiership last year on TV? Yes. That was an incredible. You must have been proud too, being a former player.
1: Oh look, I was proud of them, and uh, the way they all lifted together. I've been proud of the way they're sort of a club that they'll sack presidents and all that. Uh, I'm proud of the way they hold together now as a team. The, The leadership, you know, the collegiate of the team and the administration, it seems to be very good.
0: Well, I appreciate your time. Is there anything, any other memory you wish to say before we finish up?
1: I think we covered it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, did, you did well for someone who you didn't think you were going to have a lot of memories on us.
1: No, I was in the past on a few.
0: I think, you, I think you ended up fantastic. And I, I'm so glad that you agreed to have a little chat with me. And I know, uh, I hope health-wise... Oh, it's, you're,
1: it's that Rebecca, my grandchild. She's the force. <laughs>
0: she, she is. She, she very kindly asked on my behalf and I'm so glad she did. And uh, I hope I hope you're in good health, Frank, and I hope you're in good health for many years as well.
1: Thank you so much. That's very important.
0: It is. And, and thanks very much for the chat as well there, Frank.